Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Old-time Big Ten football. Yeah. Touchdown, Purdue! Yeah. We just gotta go hard. Um, I wish my energy levels were a little bit higher. I like to bring energy to the show normally or anything that I'm recording. Uh, but that game just kind of sucked the energy out of me. You know, uh, Purdue loses 35 to 20. I'm honestly surprised it was that close given the events that unfolded throughout that game. But man. That sucked. That was a brutal watch. I mean, I I thought the game was going to be a lot of entertainment. And it, if you're a Purdue fan, it just it wasn't. There wasn't a lot you can hang your hat on and say, man, we did that well tonight. Um, not... Not a lot of positive things I'm going to say in this podcast. So if you want something with rainbows and unicorns, you can find a different Purdue podcast to listen to because that's not going to be this one today. Um, I know you guys are listening to this on a Sunday, um, but I'm recording this late Saturday night around 11 o'clock. Roughly 20 minutes after the game has finished, Purdue loses 35-20 to 20 to Syracuse. This is the Behind the Rails of Purdue Football. I'm your host, Bryce Vance. The energy, I, I hope, will pick up as maybe some frustrations start to boil up more. But this game, as I said, was just an absolutely brutal watch from the Purdue perspective. Um, I thought this was going to be a game that was back and forth, high flying offensive powers going back and forth. And I'm going to get to that Purdue offense that I think is in real trouble. I, I think there is things that are going to be a struggle to watch all season with this offense. And some things that we've talked about already have continued. That uh, that short yardage game plan, whatever it is, needs to be thrown out. It's bad. It's bad, guys. That's uh, You don't even have Dylan Downing on the field most of the time, and he's supposed to be your power back. Teams know it's coming. You're going to do a handoff to the left side and it's going to get stuffed and Purdue had nothing. They, the only one short yarded situation that they did end up converting on was a nice play action play to Dion Burke for the touchdown near the goal line. That was about it. 
Other short yardage situations, they sucked. That that the play calling in those situations just absolutely sucks. Graham Harrell as a play caller as of today, not good. Not good. Um there's a lot of things that I think Purdue can do a whole lot better. Uh, there's no attempt to even establish any type of run game, and you have one of the more dynamic running backs in the Big Ten, and you refuse to use him. Now, granted, uh, Maccabee did not have a good game holding on to the football, but neither did Hudson Card. Nobody really held on to the ball whatsoever tonight. Seven fumbles. Only three were lost, but the ball ended up on the ground seven times. Seven. That's just unacceptable. And it, and it's why I'm surprised when you have four official turnovers when it could have been a lot more, a lot more than that. A ton. Um, it's it's just it make thing makes things hard to watch and and you know, it makes you surprised that this game was only a fifteen point game, only a two score game for most of the game. Purdue was never really in position to threaten for a comeback after they got down two scores. I think they got within one score, um, twenty eight to twenty after Freehill misses the extra point. But man, uh, that was not not fun to watch. And uh, watched all sixty minutes for you guys uh, because I I tried to find things, look at things in a different way to try to come here and not just be the same uh, Purdue podcast as everyone else. And I might say some of the right things, I might do some of the right things, but man, let's. Let's try to give you guys something different here than what you might get from the other podcast. And if you if you saw anything positive out of this game, comment below. Send me a message on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Um, if you have anything positive to say about this game outside of Yassine and maybe Max Claire. Outside of those two guys, OC Brothers made a couple of plays. Um, Thieneman, I need a couple of plays. I mean, other than that, but I mean, there's just not, not a lot to take away from this game that you're like, we did this well. We did good things in this area of the football game tonight. Uh, Purdue only had 80 rushing yards, 11 penalties for 122 yards. I already mentioned the seven fumbles, three lost, one interception, and all the official turnovers, the four, all in Syracuse territory. Uh, Garrett Schrader, who I told you can he can move well. Um, I didn't expect him to run for nearly 200 yards and four touchdowns. But, man, that, that was a brutal watch. I'm going to say it over and over again because it, it was just, it was not good. Not not fun. Not fun at all. Um, 
it was a good start for the defense. You got that false start penalty because I, I think that this um, crowd was ready to go nuts. There was very little for them to go nuts about. Um, and I did think that they got Maccabee involved in the game early with uh, with converting on some third downs uh, before Card ends up fumbling the ball on that fourth and one. Those I go back to those short yarded situations again because that's where they were. Purdue drives all the way down the field on their first drive after the defense forces uh, a punt on the opening possession. Third and one. It's a slow. Oh my God, this play was so slow developing. And Maccabee just gets bam, drilled right in the backfield. And of course, Purdue tries to go for it on fourth and one. I like the aggressiveness, but in in these instances where they're not getting these fourth down conversions, I think we're going to start to see you know Purdue take the points in these some of these situations. I I like the aggressiveness, but you need to score. You need to score right now because you can't just leave your defense out to dry and try to hold teams under 25 points or under 30 because they're not doing it right now. They got exposed tonight. So it was just an area that Purdue just struggled with all night long with, with containing Garrett Schrader. They, they didn't, they tried a few different things. They tried to put a spy on them in the second half. Um, with no Cadron Jenkins, uh, Will Helt, true freshman. So you had two true freshmen on that defense playing um, with him and Thieneman. Um, it sucks for Jenkins. Uh, he took a knee to the helmet. So I'm, I'm assuming it's concussion related. Um, just going to assume, and I don't have any official word on that at all. I uh, hope he can come back sooner rather than later. Uh, because those 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 type of hits are nasty. Because uh, he wasn't really expecting it, and it was I think it was his own teammate's knee that was trying to also make the tackle and hit him on the hit him on the side of the head. That uh, looked bad on on the replay. It just looked like it hurt a lot. Um, on the drive after Purdue uh, gave up the first fumble from Card. He just had trouble inhaling the snap. I mean, certain plays, the, the ball would be over here with the snap and not right here. I mean, that's almost like a foot difference from where the snap is coming from Kaltenberger. And the offensive line got ate up quite a few times. Uh, they didn't really blitz a ton either, and, and they didn't need to. Um, on the times that they did blitz early, they were getting there. There was, I mean, the one time where uh, Purdue just totally did not get to, uh, I think it was like their third or fourth possession card when he fumbled for the second time. There was the, it was a play, I think that he it was going to be, he catches the ball, turns, throws, but it was six on five. Syracuse sent six defenders on five linemen. They didn't have a, a, a running back in the backfield to block. 
And it feels like that's a situation where you want to just have catch, turn, look, fire. And there was just nothing card for there. It felt like everything was just more difficult. He had to wait just a half beat for everything tonight to open up. And I think that's what happened there on, on the fumble for that for the second one. Uh, the, the guy that knocked the ball out wasn't even touched by an offensive lineman and just absolutely drilled card and, and forced the fumble and Q's picks it up. Um, another Schrader touchdown for uh, the second score for Q's. And at that point, I don't know if Garrett Schrader had been touched. Now, he took some shots later in the game as he continued to run. and. They kept mentioning on the broadcast that the Syracuse coaching staff said, these are the shots that we don't want Schrader to take, but he ended up taking quite a few of them, and some of them um, were pretty big. He even had his uh, arm looked at by the trainer's throwing arm. Uh, he had off-season surgery on that arm, so uh, he, I, he held up. He toughed it out. But that was just a gutsy performance from him because there wasn't anything that Purdue could do to stop him early on. And it really felt like there wasn't a holding. And when he decided to run, Purdue could do nothing. They couldn't do anything about it because they played out of position. Sometimes they took some terrible angles at him a couple of times that broke off those bigger runs. And then they couldn't even tackle him sometimes or he would break a tackle, or they would fail to slow him down in any regard. I mean, it's a it's a quarterback who's got good mobility, but he runs for nearly 200 yards. That's just unacceptable. And I came in here singing the praises of that front seven. Now, granted, they got banged up with some injury with, with Mangum and Jenkins, but still... They were Garrett Schrader was torching that front seven before those guys got hurt. And I I don't know where this defense goes from here. The the secondary played well, I guess. I don't know. The the numbers on the ground just overshadow what they did through the air. And there were still some big plays that they allowed to ha- to happen. And it's it's a defense that I thought would look a lot better in this game because I, I didn't think Cuse was tested at all with the defenses that they faced in the first couple of weeks with Colgate and Western Michigan. And I think that this defense has a lot to, uh, to look into the mirror and figure out what in the world went wrong because – I thought the front seven was getting pressure, but they just couldn't contain him. Either they rushed too far upfield and allowed massive running lanes for Schrader uh, to go and, and, and to take off and run, or there was just so much room for him to scramble and throw the ball downfield because you can't expect your corners and safeties to cover for seven, eight seconds while Garrett Schrader is just running around 
behind the line of scrimmage because nobody can get home and bring him down. I think maybe he got a little bit tired in that second half and they were finally able to bring him down a little bit more, but still it took it took nearly three quarters for finally somebody to get back there and corral him enough to where he couldn't look downfield any further and make plays. That's what Syracuse's offense is, is big plays. And they got so many big plays tonight that it was hard for me to take anything super positive away from this secondary or the front seven. I mean, when when you're not getting home, you can't expect your secondary to cover forever. You got something has to change. I mean, they they are going to get torched against Wisconsin. Maybe we'll talk more about that game next week. Um, I I think that it's a game that they can compete in. I don't, I don't necessarily think at the moment that they're going to win that game. I think I marked that game down as a loss. But Friday night, Wisconsin hasn't looked great. Purdue hasn't either. They've, If they mitigate the turnovers and don't cough up the ball seven times, only losing it three, but you don't have four official turnovers and – there's a good chance you have your your set yourself up for a win in that game, and it's closer than 15 points. I I think if Purdue doesn't shoot itself in the foot, I mean, if ifs and buts were candies and nuts, then every day would be Christmas. I thought OC Brothers played well. Made some plays. Um, Hudson Card, I, I, on some throws tonight, he threw in a tri- triple coverage and on his interception. Yes, it hit Burks right in the hands, but I mean, it was a tough throw, a tough angle on that throw for for Burks to haul that in, and ends up getting tipped up in the air and and for an interception. Um. They were only down by 14 at halftime, and they were lucky. They were lucky at that point to be to be down by 14 because I didn't think that it was going to be much of a game after the, uh, the interception. I thought that they needed to go down and score on that drive. Um, you had Cam Allen move to third place. Uh, all time with interceptions after he gets a pick on an underthrown ball, made a nice play on it, ripped it away from a defender. Um, and then they get down and I think this is when they got it, cut it to one score after some good catches, a good catch on third down by Yassine and then a, a nice catch by Burks, who's kind of falling down and hauls that catch in, gets the office inside the 10. And then after we see yet again, an inside run gets stuffed. Hudson Card scrambles on the outside, so uh, for t- for the touchdown run, and then two uh, defensive pass interference get Syracuse down to the two yard line. Trader scores on a on a QB sneak. 
um, to uh, put that game, I think, to two scores. Um, so the I feel like the offense moved the ball well. Like I mentioned, all their turnovers were in Syracuse territory. You get some movement on the ground with Tyrone Tracy Jr. Um, that was the possession where Purdue somehow kept the ball after Maccabee fumbled and uh, Burks was out of bounds and touched the ball at the same time. So that means the ball is technically out of bounds with nobody having um, secured possession. So Purdue, Purdue remains to have possession of the ball. That kept the drive alive. Tracy scores a couple of plays later, but Freehill misses the PAT, so it's an eight-point game. And then Alessandros uh, gets an inter- uh, a defensive pass interference, and it was not a good play by him, and it just extended the drive for Syracuse. So... Not, not, not a good decision. Those were the types of things that just happened throughout this game that you wish you could have back. Some of those decisions that hopefully, and he he had another one uh, on a throw into the end zone that he was a little early on, and it wasn't called. So he's definitely playing close to the vest here that it could be uh, a pass interference or not. There's a couple of times where he's and, – and I think he had – trying to remember if he had one against Fresno State that cost him. Um, but he's definitely had some plays that are close to being called. He's being very, like, right up to the line of, could this be called? Should we expect a flag here? But I, I think that – you know, you have that aggressiveness. I I think you have a, a decent enough secondary that these guys can are aggressive um, because you have Thieneman over the top, and he can come down and make plays. He, he came down quite a few times and, and made some good tackles. Um, I don't know anybody really outside of him that were was consistently – making tackles. So I I'm just trying to figure out some positives. Uh I, there was no really no real traditional run game for Syracuse. Uh I don't think LaQuint Allen had uh a ton of yards. Uh they kept kind of him in check, really. Um from and they didn't really break off any big runs. It was it was all Schrader. It was all Schrader. And when you try to look and project for this team going forward and dealing with a mobile quarterback, there really aren't any on the schedule that I can think of that would be able to take advantage of this um, and be able to run all over this defense. Because we saw we saw this was with Mikey Keene. Uh, against Fresno State, and he was able to move around a lot. He never, he didn't scramble or run like uh, like Schrader did, but just having that mobility within the pocket and to scramble outside and while keeping your eyes downfield, 
that you can torch this defense a little bit if you can extend the play a little bit uh, because you take on Tanner Mordecai uh, after after this week. You take on uh, Cade McNamara. Jeff Sims might be the only one uh, because you have Kyle McCord from Ohio State, uh, J.J. McCarthy, uh, Ethan Kaliak Manis, not really that mobile as as you know as a dual threat. Um, Haven Jackson from IU again, he's mobile, but I don't think of him as a a guy that's going to take off and and run for a hundred yards in a game. Um, then Ben Bryant from from Northwestern as well. I just don't. Uh, but I think when you look at this team as they head into Big Ten play, though that it still feels like if you can get your act together on offense that you can still beat some teams. I I still think, I think in this moment right now that the Wisconsin game can be a competitive one. I don't think it's out of the, I don't think it's out of the question that Purdue can somehow squeak out a win. I mean, have you looked at how these teams in the Big Ten West have looked. It took a full four-quarter effort for Iowa to score more than 25 points on Saturday. And Minnesota struggled against a North Carolina team that has, you know, an average defense. Uh, I think Nebraska didn't play anybody, and they ended up winning. Uh, IU lost to Louisville. Michigan still hasn't looked all that impressive offensively. Ohio State did uh, on Saturday. They put up over 60 points, but against a non-Power 5 team, a group of 5 team, a Western Kentucky team that you know I thought was going to be pretty good coming into this year. So when you face some of those offenses or you look at those offenses, you can look at it in one of two ways. It's It's offenses that... Purdue can go back and forth with a little bit, or it could be the the or Purdue's defense could be the common cure for them, and they just look absolutely magnificent against this Purdue defense. I think each of those teams tries to establish the run in a more traditional sense than Syracuse, so you feel like you should have a better chance going into those type of situations and being able to stop the run because they weren't able to stop it in a non-traditional sense today with Garrett Schrader. And if they can close up those running lanes for those QBs to run or just to even have the ability to step up in the pocket and keep surveying the field and extend plays and throw the ball downfield, then if they can close that down a little bit, I feel like that would help out this defense a lot. But overall, this was not a good game. I don't love the game plans on offense. I I struggle to find what the plan is sometimes. I, I think... Purdue is still searching for its identity and it's and it's hard. When you lose two out of three, 
of course, it's there's nothing to really hang your hat on and say, this is our identity. This is what we do. Because Purdue ran the ball a little bit more and had more success with it against Virginia Tech. Didn't really try to establish any sorts of running game this week. And I, I, I get it. They were down from the jump. And they, you know, were trying to get back into this game. Hudson Card through, I think, 46 times. That's not going to win you a lot of games. Him throwing for 46 times. I think you would like to have him throw 30, 30 to 35 times. But if Dylan Maccabee is going to have some fumble issues here, I don't know how you turn this running game around. If he's going to have these issues, I, I think he can turn it around. I just don't see him getting a whole lot of opportunities. He's and Tracy is, you know, performing well in some of the carries that he's getting. Um, there's no Dylan Downing to speak of in, especially in the short yardage situations. So I, I'm struggling to find out what the plan is for this offense. And we're three weeks in and big 10 play starts next week. So a lot to figure out a lot uh, to discuss on the preview show for the Wisconsin game Friday night. Um, a little announcement about that um, Friday evening. Um, I'll remind you guys on uh, on Wednesday's pod, a- another announcement we're going to have. Uh, since the game has moved up a day, we're going to move our preview pod up a day. So it's going to come out on Wednesday. So we're going to have the preview pod on Wednesday. Recap. I'm going to do it Friday night, right after the game, similar to how I'm doing it here. But Friday night, I'm going to do it live. So if you are at home watching the game and want instant reaction, um, that's more than just five minutes on BTN before they start previewing other games, jump onto YouTube. Um, I'll post a link out on Twitter as well. I'm going to be live streaming the recap show. Um, and then post the show after that um, on in podcast form if you want to listen still that uh, way that you have been listening. But if you want to watch the show live, I'm going to be here in the office doing the show um, right after. I think I have it scheduled for around 11 o'clock right now. So come over to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash behind the rails. And we're going to do a live recap show right here on the YouTube page and out on Twitter as well, or X as what it's called now. So looking forward to that. It should be a fun week of shows, hopefully. Hopefully a heck of a lot more fun than what I had doing this evening here on this Saturday night or for those that are listening on uh, on Sunday. So. Until then, this has been the Behind the Rails of Purdue podcast on the Believe Network. I've been your host, Bryce Vance. I'll see you guys on Wednesday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.